Imagine loving your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, and I'm so glad to be here with you again for this week's episode, which is all about taking a look at what you really loved as a kid and why it's important for you now in midlife. Specifically, we're going to be talking about getting a handle on what used to bring you joy, exploring why it used to bring you joy, and being open to finding clues as to how this information might hold the key to a richer and more fulfilling life going forward, especially if you feel like something's missing now. So if you're a new listener, I want to give you a big virtual hug and say welcome. You have just found your tribe. The Women in the Middle podcast is full of midlife insights, actionable coaching, and a few laughs. So I am super glad you're here. All right, ladies, we're diving in. Last week, you may recall that I mentioned a new little YouTube series that I have been recording called What's in Susie's Closet. It's inspired by me getting nostalgic (laughs) while I'm sitting here in my makeshift recording studio, otherwise known as my cedar closet, and I'm looking around at all my stuff right now. As you can imagine, there's some pretty interesting things in here with me. I may or may not be completely surrounded by all kinds of memorabilia, clothes, and odds and ends from the past few decades. I may or may not have a tendency to keep things. (laughs) What's actually in Susie's closet, you might be wondering? Well, as I say in the YouTube series, midlife memories, insights, and laughs. I pretty much dig around in a pile, find something interesting, and do a brief show and tell. Of course, I ask a few thought-provoking questions about clutter, why you might be keeping things like this kicking around, and what you make it mean now as a woman in the middle. The short little one to two minute clips are sentimental, they're funny, and they definitely bring back memories. If you haven't checked it out yet, just head over to YouTube and search for What's in Susie's Closet. You'll find it quickly, and of course, I'll put a link in the show notes. Like I said, this has all been on my mind a lot more now that I'm actually looking at all my stuff with more regularity when I'm recording the Women in the Middle podcast. It really got me thinking and making connections to things that my clients are talking about. So many of them and so many of us women in the middle have this murky sense that something may in fact be missing in our lives at this age and or stage. Sometimes it's not age. Sometimes it's stage. Sometimes it's both. And sometimes it's age. But the thing is that there's a hole, that you're not as happy as you could be, that you're not as fulfilled as you could be, that you won't be that thrilled if something doesn't change, that you may in fact have regrets, and that you're pretty aware of how much time is flying by and it's scary. You're also pretty aware of whether or not you're the type of person who keeps a lot of things from your past. Whichever type you are, the type, the type that does or the type that doesn't, you're, you probably have friends who are the opposite, <laughs> and you must find it incredibly curious how they can be that way. 
Clearly, I am the type who has kept lots of things from my childhood. I've gotten interesting and diverse feedback about all of this, which, again, is a reminder that we're not all the same when it comes to sentimentality or whatever else we make our possessions mean. So without further ado, I bring you what's in Susie's closet, the list so far. My high school marching band jacket. My favorite clogs from 1980 or 81, my senior year. My college rugby shirt from the University of Guelph from about 1984. A Rocky book from the original Rocky movie, 1976. Negatives from cameras, right? Negatives from the years and years of photography that I've done from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Letters. Letters from pen pals, from family, from high school friends, from about 1976 to the mid-80s. Tiny school photos. Remember those from Picture Day? From the 70s. Those little tiny ones we used to write on and pass around to friends. A diary. Yes, my actual diary from 1976-1977, junior high. Jacks. My original jacks from elementary school. Did you guys play jacks? Loved jacks. Dr. Scholl's from the late 70s. I thought they were so cool. My Tiger Beat scrapbook. <laughs> Remember Tiger Beat magazine? Well, I had lots of crushes back then. Lots of crushes. And I would cut the pictures out and make a scrapbook. That would be mid-70s, junior high. My Chuck Mangione, um, Chuck Mangione concert program from the early 80s. Chuck Mangione concerts were my thing. I've been to many of them. Flugelhorn, Feels So Good, you might remember. Uh, and I found an old program. College acceptance letters from 1981. Here's a classic. My ventriloquist dummies and an album for how to become a ventriloquist. <laughs> <laughs> this is from way back in the mid-70s. A little funny answering machine book for guide, like guidelines, guidance uh, for how to create funny messages to leave on your outgoing answering machine. That is from the late 80s. <laughs> A stamp collection from my aunt. I inherited it years ago. I've done nothing with it, but it is a collection of stamps from the early 1900s. And they are in a box. And finally, a wood-burning craft that I made with a wood-burning kit of a basket of strawberries from the mid-70s. Now, as you can imagine, I'm only scratching the surface here, but these are the things that are either already featured or are recorded but not yet edited and posted on YouTube. So this is stuff that I've found already, I've talked about, and I either posted as part of the What's in Susie's Closet <laughs> mini-series on YouTube or it's coming soon. Now, I'm sure that as a listener, you reacted to some of these things more than others. Some brought back memories of your own. Others did not. <laughs> you may also have had some judgments about me and why I kept this stuff in the first place. I can't wait to see the email. Actually, that's a good question. It's also a good question that I pose on the YouTube clips. Why do you keep what you keep? What do you make it mean? And if you don't make it mean anything significant, why do you keep it? 
that's getting at why I wanted to talk to you about all of this stuff, actually. It's not the whole clutter topic. That's fodder for another episode. <laughs> we'll definitely be going there, uh, but not today. It's what you make memorabilia mean. It's a funny thing about the past. The only thing that's left from the past is the thought you have about it right now in the present moment. The past really is the past, other than the pile of memorabilia from the past, but it, the part about what you make it mean is the thought that you're thinking currently. It's present. It's right now. And it's this precise thought that creates your feelings, not the item, not the actual clogs that I was wearing in 1981, not the Chuck Mangione program. It's the thoughts I have about the item that creates the feeling. And that's what is important about today's topic, why what you loved as a kid is important to you today as a woman in the middle. Now, remember, so many of you have this feeling that there must be more out there for your life to be fulfilled, for you to be truly happy, that there must be something missing or you would be happier than you are. So many of my clients say this to me. It's why they're looking for a change, especially when it comes to a long-term job or career. What used to be completely exciting and fulfilling is now boring and tired. I call it career malaise. What's really clear is that you don't have to be having a full-blown, completely debilitating midlife crisis to need a change. That's why I call it a midlife funk instead. A funk is when you know something's off. A funk is when you know there's more out there for you. A funk is a sign that you need to practice more care and attention to yourself. But the thing is that you don't always know exactly what it is that you're looking for. Enter your stuff from childhood. The memorabilia, the memories, the past experiences. I want you to consider that they are clues to what's missing. That there's data there for you to consider. That what you've always liked or been attracted to isn't a mystery at all. But how it's relevant to you now just may be. At the beginning of the episode, I mentioned that three things are important to bring you more awareness about what's important for you now. What used to bring you joy, why it used to bring you joy, and clues to how this information might hold the key to a richer and more fulfilling life going forward, especially if you feel like something's missing now. This is what I'm getting at. So the first item I featured was my high school marching band jacket. I was a proud member of the North Penn High School Marching Nights in Lansdale, Pennsylvania from 1979 to 1981. And I mean proud member. I played sax. I was also the section leader in my senior year. We had an amazing band that won lots of championships. We all took it really seriously. And we were led by an amazing band director whom we all adored. His nickname was Fred, and he changed a lot of young lives. For many of us, we had never been a part of a team like this. A large group of 180 kids who worked their asses off to accomplish a beautiful goal, a 15-minute show that was pretty amazing visually and musically. It was an incredibly intense experience that required a lot of commitment and focus. And no one who experienced it will ever forget it or likely experience anything like that again. Can you relate to this? 
Have you ever been a part of a band or a large group like this? It's something else. So that band jacket, boy, it is tiny. I can't believe I was ever that small. It's covered with patches and buttons from competitions and and from travel, where I、um, brought my saxophone. One year, I was part of American Music Abroad, so I went to Europe and I picked up more patches. Whenever we had a championship,、uh, there were patches, and we used to sew these things on, you know, and buttons. So many buttons. So my name and instrument. It's I used to be Sue <laughs> instead of Susie, and, and it says sax.、Um, they're sewn on the right hand side, and it it is treasured. I could never get rid of it, even though it has no apparent use ever again. When I posted my little YouTube clip about it on Facebook, all of my band friends chimed in about how they have their jackets too, except one, and it was surprising who it was too. It was one of the guys. Who was probably one of the most committed band members ever, but he had gotten rid of his jacket. I I couldn't believe it. Clearly, not everyone has the same connection with stuff, and his jacket didn't represent his commitment or his love for the experience we all shared. It didn't mean that to him. The experience and everything about it was his thing, not his jacket. But I'm highly sentimental and nostalgic, and I would never let it go, no matter what. So interesting, right? For me, it represented so much—a time of growth, leadership, and musicality. It also kept me grounded during an extremely tumultuous and painful time in my life when my father had recently died by suicide. My three-year commitment to the band was reliable and highly rewarding. I craved stability, as you can imagine. Our band director was a rock. I loved being part of that experience, and therefore, I will always have room in my closet for this funny old keepsake, patches and all. Another thing on that list that is particularly interesting to me、um, is my collection of negatives. <laughs> Now, I have loved photography for decades. I remember the first 35 millimeter camera that I owned too. It was a secondhand Russian Zenit. <laughs> I bought it on limited funds, and it's what I learned. Uh, like I practiced photography, I really learned on this thing when I was in college. Now I've been taking pictures and loving it for most of my life, and I've always kept and filed the negatives. Kids today probably don't even know what a negative is, and I'm not even sure why I kept them. I kept all of them, not just the ones from exceptionally good pictures. <laughs> so the question I ask myself is why? What can I learn from this? What do I make them and all of this other stuff mean? What do you make it mean? Where are you at with this topic? Now that I've got you thinking about what you're keeping and and what you personally are making it mean, your own stuff. Do you specifically keep things that were important to you, or do you think differently about your stuff and let things go? The way I work with clients on this topic is to really look for things that made them happy during different times of their lives. Life chapters, if you will, and I mean specifics. We do an exercise where we take a look at your whole life, divide it up the way you see fit, and we identify one thing, one very specific thing that made you happy from each phase. Not things that were a big deal, not traumatic events, not milestone moments, but we're looking for what made you happy. And it's unbelievable what comes up when you're only looking for the happy stuff. 
Life can beat these memories down, (laughs) but when you look for them on their own, very different. And my clients have remembered all kinds of things that they had totally forgotten about. When you look, you can even find happy memories that occurred during extremely difficult times. And then we look for patterns. Now, I'm a firm believer that what made you happy when you were younger still has the power to make you happy now that you're older. That the things and experiences that have always attracted your attention, gave you joy, and took up your time will continue to bring you joy now, even at your age. I think I mentioned this on an earlier podcast, but this is what totally happened for me with my memories of having St. Bernard's as a kid. Those dogs gave me such joy on so many levels. Like I even uh, showed one of the saints in the puppy class, like in big dog shows. That recognition is what started me thinking about getting a Noof, a Newfoundland dog, the year I turned 50. Now, Noofs are water dogs, and that suits our lifestyle much better. So uh, they're pretty similar to a St. Bernard. So bada boom, bada bing. Now we have a lot of slobber and mess in the house, and I love him to death. (laughs) Yes, my slobber and mess. His name is Nico, and you can check him out on his fan page on Facebook and Instagram. If you're curious about him, his hashtag is Nico the Noof, N-I-K-O the Noof, N-E-W-F. Anyway, your childhood and past is an important place to look for clues when you're trying to answer the question about what's missing in your life now. So I encourage you to do this too. Take a few minutes and focus on happy things only all throughout your life. Write down your answers. Ask yourself, what made you happy when you were little? then in elementary school, then junior high, then high school, then college. What other phases of your life, too? It doesn't matter how you slice the pie, but it's easier to find these things when you slice the pie different ways. So really think about chunking up your life. How about when you were on a team or when you went on vacation? Maybe the first time you traveled alone or got married or got divorced. Maybe the first time you rented rented that first apartment by yourself or bought your first home, got your first job, maybe a happy moment at each job. If you had kids, look at the different phases of being a mom, with babies, with toddlers, with school-aged kids, high school kids, and then empty nest-aged kids. Dig around up there in your memories from the past. See what you can find. Then look at what you've written down. Do you see patterns or themes in what made you happy? Is there a pattern between what you do professionally and what you did for fun? What have you always been good at? What have you always found time to do? What have you always been curious about? What places of intersection do you see with what has always made you happy? What do you think about when you see on paper, when you see all of this on paper compared to what's going on in your life now? Are these things present in your current life at all? Or are they missing? With me, I can see a lot from the band jacket and the negatives. With the band jacket, I see the importance of music, of playing an instrument, of belonging, of improving as a musician. I also see the importance of connection with other people who share this interest. With the negatives, I see the importance of photography, of nature, of developing my skills, of design, of creativity, and of travel. Without a doubt, this stuff still makes me happy, like super happy. I have some of it in my life now, but I see there's room for more 
because it's so important. In fact, a couple of years ago, we went on a cruise, like a, one of those giant cruise ships. And I, you know, I had a good time, but something was missing. And what it was, was nature and photography, a vacation without quality photography of beautiful nature related moments uh, is empty for me. And it took me a while to figure out like the, the cruise was a great thing to do when you have a bunch of teenage kids, but something was missing for me. So that's what I mean about clues. It can really give you insight with what's missing. This stuff that I'm talking about here, for me, it really, really makes me happy. And there is room for more of it in my life because it's so important. And I am very aware of it and I'm very committed to it. So when you take the time to develop this exercise more for yourself, you will see information that will inform the ways you can make a meaningful contribution now. For example, with work, right? I like to think about work or professional volunteering as ways to make a meaningful contribution. And sometimes what's missing isn't as obvious. But I am positive that if you dig around the way I'm suggesting you dig around, you will definitely see information that will inform you in ways that you can be more fulfilled when it comes to your meaningful contribution, the way that you're working or putting, your out, putting yourself out there professionally. You will see clues to what's missing currently. And you'll also see ways that this information can help you unstick yourself. It will give you ideas. I think you'll likely have insight into what has made you tick and what will probably continue to make you tick happily because it's who you are. When my clients have done this exercise, it's been incredibly eye-opening. They've remembered all kinds of things they forgot that they loved. (laughs) Seriously, things like riding, horseback riding, having a dog, tap dancing, volunteering, decorating homes, travel, particular authors, old dreams that they had, like dreams of what they wanted to do, friendships, and the list goes on. So my friends, I encourage you to take a look back in time. Dig around. Dig around to find what you loved as a kid and what made you happy over the years. Really think about it. Ask yourself why it made you happy. Don't argue with yourself. You have enough people in your life to argue with. Don't argue with yourself. Just ask and listen to what comes up. And also ask yourself if this is missing in your life now. What can you learn from being open to the idea that it might just make you happy again? Is there anything you can learn about opening yourself up to bring it back into your life in some way? You just might be amazed at what happens next. That's it for this episode. If you like what you've heard, just head over to the Women in the Middle podcast on iTunes and leave me a review. This is such a great way to help other women know that there's such good stuff going on in this podcast. Also, check out the show notes with more information and links at www.susierosenstein.com. And if you're frustrated and ready to wake yourself up and stop wasting time, my friend, you have come to the right place. As I said, I help amazing women like you get excited about your life again. If you're stuck and not that happy about where you're at, it's time to focus on making a change. Really, a change is waiting for you. And I offer a free 20-minute insight call, and I would love to hop on the phone and connect. 
If you're ready to get clear, get excited, and get going, let's talk. Seriously, life is too short. Life is too short to waste time in a frustrated negative spin. You are not alone. Just go to www.susierosenstein.com, hover over the About tab, and you will see free session on the drop-down menu. Click there and you can book straight into my calendar. Super easy, and I can't wait to talk to you. Let's do this, ladies, one thought and one memory at a time. Thanks so much for listening.